Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Everybody views suffering in a different way, and a lot of times it depends on where your mind is set in connection with whatever it is that you are suffering. If your mind is set on becoming or remaining healthy, you probably look at the suffering that you endure from denying yourself those empty yet sweet calories or from working out as a good kind of suffering as weakness leaving the body. Or if your mind is set on continuing, if, if you've chosen to get something up for Lent, well, you're about a week and a half in, and it's probably getting a little bit difficult by now. The suffering you endure of whatever you have given up is a daily reminder of what all your Savior gave up for you so many years ago. But when you suffer under the cross, how do you view it? Where is your mind set? As Christians, we learn that our mind is to be set on the things of God, that rethinks the suffering that we receive because of our faith, not something to be shied away from, but that will need to be endured. And in fact, can even serve good as it builds our faith in Christ. But this mindset, this idea is totally foreign to our sinful world. And that's why it's wise for us this morning to open up to Mark chapter 8 and to see what Jesus says about the suffering under the cross, what exactly it entails, and the good that he works through it for us. And with that, we may set our mind on the things of God, so we may follow our Savior Jesus in the same path of suffering that he himself once trod. When we talk about suffering under the cross, it doesn't refer to just any bad thing or any hardship that we go through, but rather those things that we go through because of our faith in Christ. And Jesus here lists two ways that they, those sufferings can be. One of denying ourselves of sinful pleasures, and secondly, of taking up our cross that is bearing persecutions. These sinful pleasures can come from any number of places, from our own inner self that wants those things that is contrary to what God has said in his word, and those temptations come from others who entice us away from our Lord to set our mind on the things of men instead of on God. And the cross that we take of the persecutions that we bear, well, this too can come in a few different ways by being openly mocked or attacked because of our faith, politely shown the cold shoulder because they want nothing to do with us, passing over us for advancement or for opportunities or even something as serious as taking our own life as sadly happens in too many parts of the world whether it is denying ourselves of sinful pleasures or bearing persecution in one of the many ways that it takes, that's the suffering under the cross. The suffering that we will need to endure if we are to call Christ our Savior. After teaching the crowds and the disciples this truth, Jesus then gets into something that sounds like a counterintuitive truth for him. He says this, Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. 
what exactly does Jesus mean in that oxymoronic statement? Well, if you try to save your eternal life with your mindset on the things of men, you're ultimately going to lose it. Because the suffering that comes under the cross, you want nothing to do with that. The only way to get rid of that suffering well, is to get rid of your faith in Christ. Who brings that suffering upon you? And if you lose your faith in Christ, well, eternity, yeah, that won't be for you. Instead, it'll be eternal shame, disappointment, and suffering. Counter, contrary to all human logic, how do we save our eternal life? It's not by what we do, but by that belief in Christ and he, what he has done. Because even if we could gain the whole world and offer in exchange for our souls, it would never be enough. But what Christ has done is certainly more than enough. And that's why he is so important. More important than our very own life of the comfort we have in this world. More important than the sufferings that we have to go through. Because what he gives is eternal life itself. But when you suffer under the cross... Is that where your mind goes as to what Christ has given you? Or does your heart betray that you are more so set on the things of men instead? Let's look at those sufferings under the cross. The, the sinful pleasures that come across us. Do we indulge them just so that we can avoid that internal suffering within us? The, the lust of the eyes so we can satiate our primal instincts. The ideas of, what are, of what's out there. Uh, the cravings of our body. So we can focus on what we actually want to do ourselves. Instead of always being double-minded and conflicted with our thoughts. It's a lot easier to give in and then to keep on going with what we want, right? Or what about the temptations that people lay against us? Don't we give in to those too because it's simply easier to go along with the crowds than to stick out like a sore thumb? Sometimes peer pressure can be so overwhelming and we know that if we don't give in to it, it will make us a victim too. So we do. Instead of suffering under the cross. Or life is hard enough as it is with deadlines and commitments, responsibilities, and all the personal struggles that we have in our own life. Wouldn't it be easier to go along with everybody else and to use what we have, our mind, our thoughts, our abilities for ourselves to find some moment of peace and relaxation than to try to fit someone else in our life, God himself? So we would think. And so it would seem to be easier or what about that cross to take up, the, the persecutions you bear? When you are attacked for your faith or mocked because of it, do you lash out in anger or deny that very part of who you are than to turn the other cheek and to receive what comes out of it? Do you hide your Christian light throughout the days of the week, only letting it shine for just a couple of hours on a Sunday morning because you're afraid what others would do if they knew the one in whom you believe? Or do you place qualifications and conditions on your following of Jesus? I'll follow you, Jesus, as long as it's not too inconvenient or too difficult 
or too personal or too public. There are so many ways we would want to give up that suffering under the cross just to find some peace for our souls to make it somewhat easier in this world. But when we do so, when we have our minds set on the things of men, eternity itself is at risk. And that's the very thing that Jesus had in, in risk as well. It's here in Mark chapter 8 that Jesus is, for the first time, telling his disciples about his upcoming suffering, rejection, death, and resurrection, and speaking very plainly about what's going to happen. We can understand why Peter rebuked Jesus so. Why would he want his friend and his Savior to go through such horrible sufferings? That's the last thing he wanted, and dare Jesus even consider that such things would happen to him. But we also recognize where that rebuke was coming from. In fact, it was from Satan himself. Because in that well-mean rebuke that Peter didn't even realize he was tempting Jesus to set his mind on the things of men and to forgo the suffering that he had to endure under the cross, on the cross itself. And if Jesus had even considered that temptation, I thought, well, maybe that would be something pretty nice. He would have been no different than you and me. Someone with a stain on their soul who has sinned against the Lord and was unable to earn salvation for anybody, let alone himself. And thus, well, our eternity would have been lost to nothing, leaving us helpless in our sins and that punishment that we surely deserve. Now, the weight of humanity's salvation does not depend on us, thankfully. But when we set our mind on the things of men, we put our own eternal life at risk too. Because the more we do so, the more likely it is to remain that way. At what point is our suffering too much to remain a child of God? At what point would we trade in at least an element of what it means to be a Christian just to find some peace in this troubled and broken world? And you likely know of at least one Christian who has given up their faith or put it in great danger just so they could have it somewhat easier in this world. Of someone who would rather live in a sinful lifestyle or to chase after misplaced priorities, to fall for the allure of the promise of riches, to stick their bets with someone with an unrepentant sin. Or maybe just to be distracted by all that life can offer us that takes us away from our God. Are we so different from them that we can't fall, that we would not give him, but they certainly did? No, we're not. And the more we set our mind on the things of men, the more dangerous that becomes with us to bear the price and to be filled with shame when the Lord comes back on that last day with the Father and all the glory and all the holy angels. It's a sobering truth. To live the Christian life means that we will need to suffer under the cross, and it will be very, very hard. So why go through the heartache? Why deal through it all? Is it even worth it? Yes, it is. 
because of the promise and blessings that your Lord gives to you through that faith in Jesus. Promise and blessings that are far better than any suffering we could go through here on this side of heaven. It's here in these verses that Jesus not just explains to his disciples that he needs to suffer and die for them and rise for them, but also that all this was necessary for him. That's for two different reasons. One was to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies like Isaiah's suffering servant. And the second was to pay the required price. And it's the second one that we'll look at this morning. That's what Jesus did. He was acceptable in God's sight because he lived a perfect life and he endured every suffering that came to him from under the cross. And he also gave his own life on the actual cross in payment for our sins, proving that it was paid in full with his resurrection three days later. And then you know what Jesus does then? He makes the greatest exchange of all time. He takes our sin and our guilt and he swaps it out for his righteousness and his holiness so that his death paid the price for our sin. His robe of righteousness is now ours to wear. His peace with God above is now ours to have at our very selves and his home in heaven. Well, that's now our happily ever after. That's the promises, that's the blessings that you have through faith in Christ. Are they not worth more than any suffering that you could go through? Why would we trade in for the blessings of God for what we can get for the things of men? Why would we trade in the eternity of incomparable joy for some joy on this side of heaven? Of course we wouldn't. What our Lord gives us is far greater. And even greater than the sufferings that we will need to go through as a Christian. And that's what we need to prepare ourselves for. Because if we have our minds set on the things of God, we will need to suffer under the cross. But thankfully, the Lord, he hasn't left us alone to deal with them all on our own as if we had no help at all. No, he sends us his son to be with us everywhere, at every place, in every time. He is with us, with his power, with his protection, with his providence, taking care of us in ways that we don't even recognize. In addition to the Son himself, we have one another, our Christian brothers and sisters whom we can lean upon for mutual support and encouragement when we especially need it. And that help from God, that help from each other, We're going to need it as we suffer under this cross to deny ourselves of the sinful pleasures that we would so enjoy. The sinful nature within us, it isn't going anywhere, and it will not give us a break. Satan will keep coming after us through temptations in any way he can, even through the well-meaning rebukes of those who mean the best for us. And when we spot those enticements that take us away from God, We deny them. We set our mind on the things of our Lord. And we'd also be wise, perhaps, to redefine our idea of fun to something that God himself delights in and to enjoy those good things with like-minded Christians as well. But we also need this help so we can take up our cross and to bear those persecutions. Thankfully, in our country, we do not expect to die a martyr's death or to become a helpless victim because of religious discrimination. 
but our faith does paint a target on our backs. And with that target on our backs, there are scars that some of us wear because of it. When those persecutions come, even if they're subtle and silent, we receive them with respect and with a willing heart and still desiring to share Christ with the very person who's attacking us because of our faith in Christ. And as we suffer on the cross, we also see how it's used for our eternal good. When you suffer, so when you go through these hardships, ask yourself this, why am I suffering now? It's because of sin and Satan that want to rip away those promises and blessings that you have through faith in Christ, and he will try any method possible to take it away from you. When you are suffering, when life is what you were hoping it to be, look up to the Look up to your fear. Draw your eyes to him and what he has done for you and what he has promised to be yours. And then recount how much greater that is anything you could get from giving in your faith and going to the things of this world. And as you keep your mind set on the things of God, you know what else you can be certain of? That when the Son of Man comes back on that last day, he will not be looking on you with shame, but with love with joy, with praise, that you have remained his child through faith who has sadly become very hard along the way with it. So let me ask you, where is your mindset? As Christians, we set our mind on the things of God. That rethinks the suffering that we endure under the cross, not as something to be shied away from, but something that we will need to endure but also can be used for our eternal good. Whether it is denying our sinful pleasures or saying no to the temptations others lay against us or to receive the persecutions of whatever they may be that come, they attack us because of who we are in Christ, his forgiven children and promises or heirs of his promises and blessings. But also the same sufferings help us in our faith to recount what our Lord has done and how much greater he is than anything else and how faithful he is to each and every one of us. With all this in mind, therefore, let us set our mind on the things of God and then to follow our Savior Jesus even through the same path of suffering that he himself once trod. Amen.